KZAALP, Santa Barbara, 96.5 FM, Casa! All right, yo, yo, what up? You're listening to KZAALP 96.5 FM. That was a fat block of a bunch of bangers put together by a very, very special guest who has joined me in the studio right now. I'll get to that in one second. You're listening to Your Life in America live on KZAALP 96.5 FM. Uh, If you're listening to this show on Spotify or some other streaming platform, what's up to you guys? Um, that playlist will be at the end of this interview, and I'll also have a sound clip with all the names of all the bands and all the tracks. Um, but I couldn't ask for a better guest in my first uh, in-person studio and over first in-person studio interview in over a year. Um, I got Power Alone in the house. Well, not all of them, but <laughs> I got uh, guitarist Alan Viscara from Power Alone. Alan, what's going on? Yo, what's up? What's up, man? Thanks for joining the show. Thanks, man. Good to be here. I know. I got to get used because usually I got like the phone line hooked up and I'm just like just kicking it like (laughs) (laughs) just talking. Um, But yeah, so we are broadcasting live inside Casa de la Raza um, on KZAA. And I know that you have some experience with Casa. So if you want to just kind of, you know talk a little bit about what this what this place uh, means to you or what history you have here yeah well you know I'll say like uh, related to to punk uh, casa is a spot that of course you know has like a really rich history um, you know going back several decades um, but really for me and my experience at casa um, in like the mid 2000s like 2005 era um is when i was pretty active here um and shows were active here yeah um and so uh you know during that time i was i was playing music in another band and um you know i I had friends putting on shows i was putting on shows helping out at shows and uh you know in in various rooms here at casa so um I've seen a lot go down in, in this in this spot, and <laughs> sure. uh, and it's it's an awesome awesome place and awesome resource for the community, um, and so you know within hardcore and outside of hardcore, it's it's a really valuable place. For sure, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I think a lot of people, because um, I interview people from like all over the country, and so I think it's cool to stop and like I always take a minute to stop and think about like right outside the studio around the corner. You know, there's a bunch of different rooms and like the Ramones have played here. The Red Hot Chili Peppers have played here. Bad Brains have played here. I mean, so many like legendary bands. And then, yeah, that that time in hardcore, I wasn't living up here, so I never made it. But yeah, maybe if you want to just talk about some of the shows that you that you went to here, some of those hardcore shows or some that you booked, because I've seen flyers of like pretty great like ceremony verse go it alone internal affairs like in one show oh yeah that was a good show i was there yeah <laughs> yeah for sure um well i mean we've had shows right outside this door so in this in this room okay here, okay nice and, um and and the space that once was bc centro okay there were shows there yeah. we've had shows in the lobby we've had shows in the big room of course we've had shows in the teen center it's awesome um we've had shows i think even outside on the back patio um 
gosh, but uh, I don't know. F- for me, I mean, you you mentioned a really great show that yeah. that ceremony, internal affairs show. Yeah. Um, I think the first step played that show too. First step, <laughs> yeah. Such a crazy lineup. Um, uh, you know, there was there was a time that that my band played here with uh, with 108. Dang. That was awesome. Um, gosh, what other bands? Um, I did a show for Requiem. I don't know if you know them. They're um, uh, members of Catharsis. Okay. Um, gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, what are the, just so, so many shows. And, you know, at that time, there were a lot of awesome local bands um, and California bands that, um, you know, kind of maybe got forgotten or, you know, yeah. lost to the sands of time. <laughs> uh, but it was really cool to like to see a scene come together because there was a space. I mean, that's I mean, I think that's how, how things t- kind of tend to go in, sure. in small towns like Santa Barbara, um, that when there's a place for people to go see bands, then the scene really flourishes. For sure. And especially with hardcore, man, it's so cool because like, you know, you don't need like a you don't need like a whole like a stage with a barrier and like security and event staff and like, you know, just the fact that you could put something together like that in a little room and all the kids will show up and go crazy. I think that's what's like something that's so special about it, you know? Yeah. I mean, for, for me, like in my experience, this place, this place really proved that like, as long as you've got a good PA (laughs) and some space, yeah, you can make something work for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know Violation played here. Mm-hmm. I've seen like in Downpressor. Uh, yeah. 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 I think Downpressor probably even played here before they were Downpressor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I got to get them on the show. I feel like I've, I've almost disrespected them because I've interviewed like all these bands in my shows in Santa Barbara and I haven't hit up Downpressor. Well, I know I know Sean's around. I've, I've talked to him recently. <laughs> okay. I'll have to make that happen yeah. for sure. Um, but yeah, thanks for sharing that, man. Thank you for sharing. Um, it's always cool to talk about memories of Casa and stuff like that. Cause I know that like the, you know, people, when they talk about it, they're always like, oh yeah, back in this year it was popping and back in this year. And so I think it has kind of been forgotten as a place where so many legendary shows happen, you know? Yeah. You know, from my recollection, I think what really like made it happen again in that era, you know, 2005, 2006, around then was, um, uh, there was a guy, Aaron Belcher, who was in Stand Your Ground, Oxnard nice. Band. Yeah. Um, I mean, this was, this was way after Stand Your Ground, but, um, he, great band. Yeah. Great band. <laughs> um, he, uh, he's the one I think who really like brought shows back here. Nice. Um, so he connected with, with Eddie and people and, and, and made it, made it happen. And then nice. that allowed, you know, people like me and, and other friends, my buddy Rudy did a lot of shows here. Um, it, it allowed other people to, to start doing shows for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm really excited to see what's going to start happening down in Ventura County. And there's just like so many, I mean, just like those first two tavern shows that have been booked, like, you know, I was like, uh, when I saw the turnstile flyer, I don't know if you saw oh, that. Yes. And I'm like, Oh sick. Turnstile is coming to California. And then I'm, and it's like the tavern Ventura. I was like, damn, that's, that's yeah, what's that, up. That show's going to be off the hook. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, and three is it three knee deep? Oh no, never ending game is playing too. Mm-hmm. That'll be fun, man. Yeah, that'll be fun. Okay, um, and that's where I saw my last show before. I know. I remember we talked COVID. about it. You yeah. were like, oh, because I knew the Terror and the Warriors were playing and stuff. And I talked to uh, someone I just interviewed about this, but I was like, 
I was, I think I was Chris from Dead Heat. We were talking about the tavern, and I was like, oh yeah, I remember that show. Like, I was like, I've seen Terror before. I've seen the Warriors. Like, I'll catch him another time. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and then I remember when the lockdown happened. I was like, damn, I should have went to that show. Yeah, it was a good show, for sure. Yeah, looking forward to see what hap- what happens down there at the tavern. Um, okay, so we're talking to Alan. Let me say Biscara. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always try to say it, you know, just out of respect. And sometimes people are like, you know, look at me funny, but I don't know. No, Maybe it's because... That's good. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you want to talk real quick about the playlist uh, that you made. So everyone who's listening on the radio, you just heard that like 28, 29-minute playlist uh, with a bunch of great bands. Um, I want to say real quick, there's another, there's an unreleased Headcount song on the interview I did with Bert. Uh, Jenkins from Safe Inside Records. So on the intro of that show on on my Spotify page, there's another unreleased Headcount song. So go check it out. It's really good. Um, but yeah, if you want to just talk about the playlist a little bit. Yeah, I mean that that playlist is basically some of the stuff that I've you know have been listening to in the past couple of years. Yeah. Um, you know, some of it's newer and some of it's you know been around for a little bit. Um, and you know I. I just, I just wanted to choose stuff that I thought was just representative of hardcore where it's at right now, at least yeah, for me. For um, sure. And, you know, not play a bunch of stuff from 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, no, that's cool, man. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, obviously, like, that playlist, like, it kind of jumps around. Like, there's, yeah. you know, stuff like that last track, End, you know, was, um, you know, it's, like, really heavy and chaotic. Yeah. And then, you know, you go to, Be like, well. Be Well, which yeah. is, like, it's, <laughs> To me, it's like, oh, it's like a Foo Fighters song or something. It's a great record, though, man. I, I loved it. Yeah. Well, I loved Battery. Yeah. You know. For um, sure. So, um, so I like Battery a lot. So the you know Brian McTurnan stuff, um, like pretty much anything he puts his hands on, I think has some value. Um, Definitely. And that record, like, uh, that Be Well record has so much emotion. Like, it's so personal. I almost feel like <laughs> embarrassed is. listening to it because I'm like. I feel like I'm reading this person's <laughs> really private diary. Yeah. Um, and I feel so sad for this person. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, it kind of starts with the artwork, too, though. If like, you know what I mean? The the cover is like the rainy freeway in mm-hmm. Baltimore. Which is, it's just like a classic, classic hardcore, you know. And I know it's not like a hardcore record, but it's classic, you know. Yeah, yeah. Cloudy, rainy, like freeway with the, oops, with the city, you know, Baltimore. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think what other tracks on that. Like Headcount. Okay, so you head mentioned Headcount. Head yeah. You know, um, Power Alone played, I think, some of our first shows with, with Headcount. In San Diego? Uh, yeah, we played with them in San Diego. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, Yeah. shout out to Headcount and Burt and Safe Inside for sure, man. Um, yeah, Cell Rot. I love Cell Rot. Yeah. Um, yeah, so good. Our, our drummer from Power Alone, Dustin, he, he plays in that band as yeah. well. Um, and I was, I was really glad to see that. that uh, you know, those recent tracks came out. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. The music video, too, was like... Oh, for none. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it was good, though. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. Yeah, I did a I did a Bay Area takeover. I did, like, a two-part Bay Area takeover here where I just played music from the Bay. Uh-huh. And I opened, I think, one of the parts with the intro from their... I think it's from their demo when it's just, like, the dude, like, talking, and it's just, like, a really evil, like, <laughs> just, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great band, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've known... Most of those guys for, for a long time. Because I used to live up in the Bay. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Um, yeah, Restraining Order, Magnitude. Yeah, it's just Division of Mind. Mm-hmm. All those, you know, Triple B's, Triple B's got it going on for sure. Yeah, you know that <laughs> uh, Division of Mind, 
uh, like when the demo came out, I was like really struck by that band. Yeah. Uh, that demo I think was so good. Um, the LP is great too, but for sure. But man, that demo is just like so raw and so dark and like <laughs> mysterious guy hardcore. For sure, <laughs> dude. Um, so yeah, thanks for putting the playlist together. Again, if you're listening to the interview, um, just stay tuned to the end. The, the whole playlist will be um, tacked on to the end of this interview um, uninterrupted, and I'll have a sound clip full of the, all the tracks, uh, track titles, and artists. Um, yeah, I kind of like transition into talking about the current state of hardcore right now. I think it's in like a really, really, really cool spot. Um, I think there's a lot of really cool stuff happening. Um, if you just want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. From my perspective, I, I, I think there's a lot more cool stuff happening than there has been in a while. Yeah. Um, you know, there are bands of, you know, almost every subgenre within hardcore. Yeah. That, that's what like, I mean. Like are yeah. doing good stuff, but then you have everything that's going on around hardcore too, um, you know, with, you know, podcasts and, and things like <laughs> yeah. that. And, and like things like this show that. Um, I think add a lot of value to the culture instead of just like, oh, another band put out a record. Cool. <laughs> um, but there's just so, so many bands and so many people doing, doing awesome stuff. And um, I think, uh, you know, with uh, COVID hopefully coming to an end here, uh, things are just really going to pop off, I think, for like a lot of scenes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've, and I've, internationally, too. For sure. I yeah. I feel the same way. Um yeah, I I like that you talked about the subgenres because there's so there's such that like that kind of like that like lifetime sound or mm-hmm. like kid dynamite type sound. Yeah. You know, there's so many bands that are doing that right now and it's all and it's so good and it's being like so well received and like, you know, they're touring with other hardcore bands and um I just think that's super cool cuz that's like one of my favorite subgenres of hardcore or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and when I was, you know, when I was younger, it, that wasn't very, that wasn't so much a part of it. It was more like youth crew, like either youth crew sounding or like super heavy. That was really like, if you weren't one of those two things, then like you're, you know, weren't really, you know, playing on those bills or whatever. Yeah. You know, in the past few years, it seems like hardcore has really leaned into the heavy. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm really curious to see like what happens next. Um, if, I mean, heavy's always going to be uh, important, I think, and, yeah. <laughs> and like well represented. But uh, you know, like there aren't a lot of youth crew bands. Yeah. Um, I think there's some space for more melodic stuff, for sure, um, or even just getting like more experimental. Like, I wonder if there's going to be a return to like, you know, more of like the ebullition sound or yeah. something like that. I don't, who knows? <laughs> yeah, no, it's. And, and I love you talked about the things around hardcore too, because there is like, there's so many cool podcasts and, um, artwork, the and zines too. Zines. Oh like, yeah. dude, I'm seeing these zines and I'm like, I'm blown away. You know, uh, I don't know if you know, Stu Wilson from, uh, he plays drums in Omega point. He's like the zine King. He <laughs> like sent me this whole like packet of like how to make a zine is uh-huh. like super cool, man. Yeah. Um, I thought Fred Hammer was the zine king down there. He is. No, 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 he is. Yeah. <laughs> Stu basically said everything I learned is from him. I had to take no credit, but here's how you do it. And here's some blueprints and like do everything by hand and don't use the computer. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No, that's awesome, man. Um, yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with you. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think there's just like a lot of energy right now and 
it's hard to keep track of it all too, you know? It I feel like it's is. like for I, me it is. <laughs> it's like I gotta like check in with people like, yo, what are you know, what are you listening to? Or and the cool thing is if you wanna hear something if you wanna hear something new that's heavy, there's bands doing that. If you want to hear something new that's melodic, there's bands doing that, you know? There's enough out there that, like, whatever your subgenre of, like, preference is, yeah, there's a lot to explore and a lot to, like, dig back into. For sure, yeah. So, like, it, you know, if you're into just, like, lifetime-sounding bands, like, there's yeah. a lot to dig in there. Or For sure. Or if you're, like, if you're into Zabalba and, like, that's it, like, yep. there's a lot to dig in there. <laughs> For sure, man. Yeah. yeah, Zabalba's playing this weekend, I think, in L.A. Mm-hmm. If I, it might be this weekend. Yeah, their record that came out last year was heavy. It was heavy, but it was great. I got to play play it on here, uh, which was super cool. But um, but yeah, thanks again for making the playlist. Um, yeah, pardon me, but I don't have my glasses, so I oh, gotta yeah. squint to see. <laughs> yeah, no um, Okay, so obviously play guitar and power alone. Um, people have been hitting me up for a power alone interview, which is. That's weird. It's well, it's weird that people even ask me to do things because when I first started doing this, I was like, it was like nothing. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It was like I was coming in here and just playing music and like talking to my aunt, who's my old co-host, about random stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I just started, you know, hitting people up, and now I have like people hitting me up, and uh, yeah, people have been like, "Yo, you should get, uh, you should do Power Alone. Like they're so sick." and I've kind of just been waiting because you're someone I could do in person. Oh, so. right. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so I know we all know you play guitar and power alone, but I also know, uh, you know, you're a family man. You're a father. Um, if you don't mind just kind of sharing a little bit about that, because um, I think that's really awesome, you know, very admirable and respect respectable. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm local to Santa Barbara. I think uh, that... Um, you know, shaped a lot of like just who I am and like yeah. what I do. So, uh, yeah, I, it's weird for me to like think that I'm like getting cl- really close to my forties, you know? <laughs> um, and so, y- you know, hardcore is like very important to me and of course, uh, yeah. like has been an interest of mine for many, many years. Um, but of course I got, I live a life outside of that. And, yeah. um, yeah, I, I teach elementary school, um, I've That's got awesome. two kids, you know, um, both under the age of eight and, um, I spend a lot of time with family. That's awesome. Spend man. A lot of time with my kids, um, spend a lot of time gardening and like doing grown up stuff. <laughs> That's uh, cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. I've, I've learned how to be an adult. Um, yeah. That's like another story for another time, but yeah, I get it. That stuff is good for the soul. I think, man. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm really close to my family. Uh, yeah. um, you know, not just like my wife and kids, but um, my parents are are both in Santa Barbara, and my wife nice. is from Santa Barbara originally as well. So, um, she's got a lot of family in town too. So we, um, most of our free time is is occupied by being with family and extended family. Yeah. And that's awesome, though. Um, Do your kids listen to Power Alone? Uh, they've heard Power Alone, <laughs> and they're they're aware of it, <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> Oh, it's funny, you know, I was making that playlist and yeah. my daughter came up and she's looking at, she saw a Division of Mind. She goes, oh, dad, you have a Division of Mind shirt. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And she's she's getting to the age where she's like, dad, what's straight edge? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a cool conversation yeah, to have, you know, yeah, for yeah. sure, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I always like to ask people who are in bands who have kids if they, you know, if their kids have heard it. You said they're under eight? My daughter is nearly eight. Okay. My son is four. 
Okay. Yeah. So it probably kind of sounds maybe a little crazy to them still right now, <laughs> but you know, I don't think so. Like that's cool. It's you know, if I put something on, they don't, they don't really like think twice about it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, especially if it's coming from dad, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's. I think they just they're just used to hearing either hardcore or raffy. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, and what and you teach elementary school, so what grade do you teach? I teach first grade. Nice. That's yeah. so cool, man. Yeah. What is it like teaching first graders? Oh, it's so much fun. <laughs> it's the best. Uh-huh. <laughs> so like what are the do you okay, because I'm taking so elementary school is like you're you're basically teaching every subject, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so it's multiple subject. Nice. Um probably like the biggest well, the biggest academic part of my job is teaching kids how to read and write. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Uh, read write basic math yeah um but uh, probably like the even like bigger and more important part is just like how to be a person in a group yeah and you know how to ask questions and how to take turns and yeah how to you know show perseverance like just things like that that's awesome um, man you know just like basic life skills for sure um so uh, it's it's a fun job and it's it's always different because every day is different every yeah. kid is different yep. and those dynamics are always shifting um there's always something to learn um and uh you know surprises happen and it's yeah. it's cool that's yeah that's awesome man i think it's yeah i guess i don't really i guess when i think about school i think about it so academically that i don't really think about you know, life stuff as much. And I, that's, that's really awesome for a kid to be able to learn about perseverance and respect and, you know, those things from, uh, from their teacher, you know? Yeah. What does it mean to take care of myself? What does it mean to be a friend? What does it mean to be a steward of the earth? Like stuff like that. That's great, man. Yeah. Um, you know, is not necessarily written into the, um, Curriculum? Uh, into the standards of their <laughs> curriculum, but it's like they're vital parts That's right. of being a good person and growing to become whatever you're going to become. Yep, yeah. I agree. I do the same thing, except I'm teaching those things to adults. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that just either forgot it all or haven't learned it or yeah. have been unwilling. <laughs> yeah, maybe relearning. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so how did you get into, how did you get into teaching? Like, was that something you wanted to do? when you went to when you went to college or did you kind of come like stumble into it like starting another path or well um so my mother is a retired kindergarten teacher okay nice and so i grew up around teachers and educators and um you know most of my childhood friends were the sons and daughters of other teachers that I knew through my mother. Okay, so yeah. You were... So I was like really, really entrenched in that world early on, but I wanted nothing to do with it. You know, um, <laughs> I always swore that I would not become a teacher. Oh, wow. And so I, I, I went into, um, into you know, undergrad uh, thinking I would do something else. And um, I was interested in anthropology, and I thought I would do that, you know, be an academic yeah, I went, you know wanted to you know study subcultures and write about them and yeah. do research. And Anthropology is an interesting subject. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. Um, and then it was you know really um, in that last year of my undergrad experience that I realized, oh, 
I think I want to be a teacher. <laughs> um, so, uh, so I ended up moving. I was, you know, living in the Bay Area at the time. And so, and, were you going to college up there? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And um, and then came back down to Santa Barbara for graduate school. Um, so I got into the teacher ed program at UCSB. Awesome. Um, and at that time, I was, you know, I was playing in another band and um, like really busy and hardcore. And um, uh, and started my career. That's awesome. Yeah, man. yeah. And so um, I, uh, you know, did my student teaching here in Santa Barbara. Ended up teaching elementary school in Ventura for over ten years, and and then recently came back to teach in Santa Barbara. Yeah, I think when we met, uh, you were you were still working in Ventura. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a long. That's that's awesome, man. To be, to have a to be committed or to be in a place for that long, you know, obviously shows that it was a good environment and, you know, you liked it. And I loved it. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've worked where I've, where I worked for almost five years and it's just like, you know, it's, it's just like, I feel like I could stay there for a really long time, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um, that's really cool, man. Well, much respect to you. You know, I have a seven year old son, so I, I know what it's like to, you know, uh, to be in that position, but also, uh, in your work, I think it's important, you know, um, I just, I get it. I work in a similar field, so much respect to you for that, man, for everything you do, you know, being a dad, family man, spending time with your family, you know, playing music, teaching kids, like, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Spent a lot of time with kids. (laughs) This is, this is a good break and like a nice (laughs) opportunity to have a conversation with a (laughs) grown-up. Well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, okay. So did you grow up in Santa Barbara? Like that's what you said, right? Mm -hmm. So were you born like cottage hospital? Cottage hospital. Dang. My mother was born at cottage hospital. True to the roots, man. Like, (laughs) and, um, did you stay here until you left for the Bay for, uh, undergrad? Okay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, um, you know, I always had a connection to the Bay because I have family who live up there. Okay. And so, you know, all throughout my childhood, spent a lot of time going up to the Bay and, you know, hanging out in Berkeley and, um, you know, I I was always just so enthralled by the diversity of the Bay and everything that that area has to offer. And then, you know, getting into punk, uh, you know, as a teenager, um, you know, I learned about Gilman Street and what was going on there. So then my sights, you know, all through high school were set on, I need to be in the Bay area. Nice. Okay. Because I need to be at Gilman every weekend or whatever, you know, like that was, that was, that was Dude, my that's vision. That's spot, man. For that sure. was my vision. And um, did you, so, so, um, cause I always tell people this, like punk and hardcore is not something that like your average person kind of just, you know, hears. And I think for someone like you or me or anyone else, you know, involved in it, it's like, it just, there's a way that you connect to it, you know? And it's like, okay, this is, I feel this and this is like doing something for me and I want to be a part of it. And it's just like, it's more of a connection rather than just like, oh, like I, yeah, like I like some bands and this is what I listen to. It's like, dang, this is like part of my DNA. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, I think, I think what sets hardcore and punk apart from a lot of other genres is that there are so many opportunities for involvement. For sure, yeah. Um, and 
it can be playful, but it can also be, um, you know, really emotional. Very, yeah, that, yes, uh, for sure. So I think they're just like a lot of, a lot of entry points. Yeah. Um, and, you know, within hardcore, like you can explore a lot of different parts of your own self. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think it's a really valuable genre and like really interesting genre. Yeah. Uh, the the best genre of music. For um, sure. Yeah. No doubt. You know, for <laughs> for those reasons. I agree, man. That's a great way to look at it. You know, the involvement, the the opportunity for involvement is so like like anybody you know can do something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and and yeah, it's very emotional to me as like a angry you know kind of isolated teenager who is having a hard life. Like, you know bands like ceremony and you know seeing those shows live were mm-hmm. like just like you know the angst and like the just and it and it did i i connected to that stuff man and and it is a great way even now like to explore myself and like change you know that band uh change mm-hmm. those guys all those guys are legends but uh, I interviewed Aram and Chris Williams and and talked a lot about like just making a hardcore record and at the end of it being like you know I feel like I've like become a new person just based on putting this music together, you know? Yeah, there's so much about the process and not just the product. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Super cool. Um, yeah, thank you for sharing that. So, um, yeah, you just like laid it all. If anyone's like asked me what what's, what's hardcore, I'm just gonna be like, here, listen, listen to what Al, how Alan just broke it down right now. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, because like, okay, you could play Minor Threat, and yeah. be like, okay, that's hardcore, but then. You could also play Converge, yeah. You know, and say, "All right, well, that's hardcore." Yeah. Um, and and you can't just get it from I think just the music for sure. Um, I think it's really interesting to think like about right now. You know, if there's a 13 year old kid who discovered hardcore during COVID, you yep. know, via the internet, yeah. Um, you know, maybe stumbled on a Hate Five Six video or something for sure. Um like what that person's understanding of hardcore is and like you yeah. don't you maybe you maybe don't get it For until sure. you're in it you yeah. know until you're at a show yeah 100% i never thought about that yeah yeah because yeah, you hear the music and see it and like yeah even if you can see a hey five six video and you're like oh yeah that looks cool you know like it's a whole different game when you're like got people jumping on top of you, you know? you're yeah. like, and then just like you know, singing your heart out to all the words of your favorite band, mm-hmm. like face to face with, you know, the lead singer of the band grabbing the mic and all that. Like, that's just like, you can't do that anywhere else, you right. know, not like you can, at, in our, you know, at hardcore shows. So, um, okay. Let me see what time it is. 5.05 already. Wow. Time is flying. Um, we're talking to Alan, uh, guitarist of power alone we're on your life in america kzaa lp 96.5 fm what up to everybody locally listening on the radio um okay i wanted to so being in santa barbara like how did you how did you come across you know or what what got you into music and you know where did you start playing guitar first and then or like how did that how did that all happen and turn into punk and hardcore so um i mentioned that my mother was a kindergarten teacher yeah. and she's a musician and um you know did a lot of teaching through music and so music was really important to her and um i had no interest in music as a child <laughs> um but at some point uh i think i was 10 
my mother said, uh, you are going to play an instrument. Nice. <laughs> I don't care what it is, just not drums. <laughs> okay. So, um, and, and at, at that point, um, the only music that I was familiar with and had any interest in, interest in was um, Led Zeppelin. So I, I heard my older sister listening to the radio yeah. and Black Dog came on and I was like, what is that? I, <laughs> I, I want to do that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, when I turned 11, um, my mother took me to Jensen Guitar and uh, I bought an acoustic guitar. Nice. And I hated it for a year <laughs> and then I loved it. Nice. So, um, you know, the, just those probably first six months of trying to get your fingers to push Especially down on the, the acoustic man, it's tough. Like, yeah. Oh, I was like, this isn't as cool as it seems like when Jimmy Page is doing it. <laughs> um, for and, sure. Yeah. And so, you know, I just, I started playing guitar, but then it was around that same time that I also discovered punk, uh -huh. um, through my older sister. Nice. Okay. Um, Cause she, I think she, you know, kind of dabbled in, you know, grunge and okay. she had, you know, maybe friends who, had a bad religion CD yeah. or something, and it's a fat records band. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so then I I started getting into that, but you know, gosh, probably when I was eleven, twelve. Um, you know, I was interested in just like any kind of music that was, you know, kind of underground. Yeah. So, um, the first show I ever went to. I was just talking about this the other day with a buddy, um, was, uh, the Reverend Horton heat, which is like a rockabilly band. Oh yeah. I know they are. <laughs> um, I saw them at the, the underground here in Santa Barbara. That's awesome, man. And, um, and then after that, like, you know, just started, started going to whatever punk related yeah. punk adjacent shows. So, you know, it's a lot of punk shows, a lot of ska shows, a little bit of hardcore, a little bit of like noise like you know just yeah what, whatever, whatever was happening yeah whatever, whatever. Was happening, and yeah. and at that time this is you know mid 90s there was a lot of stuff going on for sure a yeah. lot of different things i loved jawbreaker like really early on definitely um that was like it was like bad religion and jawbreaker and no effects were like some of the first bands that i really got into for sure yeah um you know and i i did i did you know kind of go down that um uh that fat records kind of path a little bit, but then I also was an, into like two tone ska, <laughs> um, you know, but then I was also getting into, um, you know, AFI and ignite and strife. Great. And so, I, you know, I like, I kind of, kind of, you know, had my, um, you know, my fingers in, in all these different little For pockets. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you know, and those are all still, you know, still, you know, I love lots of genres within the, the punk umbrella for sure. Yeah. Did you go to any cool sh shows out at the living room? Yeah. A ton, <laughs> a ton. Probably, probably the second show I ever went to was probably at the living room. Okay. Um, when it was, um, way, way out at the UFCW, uh, location, which is now a church. Okay. Um, or also known as the hard to find, uh, show space. I don't know if you never, no, I never went there. to shows up here. I mean, I'm, I grew up like, like a Corona, right? 10 minute skate from showcase. Yeah. So I didn't really need to go. I mean, I can't, we came up to the Alpine sometimes if there was like a really good show, mm -hmm. but I mean, dude, we didn't really need to go anywhere cause everyone played the showcase, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, showcase inter was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I interviewed, uh, 
Zach Nelson from, you know, Retaliate and In Control. In Control. And um, he he talked a lot about uh, the living room and the pickle patch. Yeah, that was and like <laughs> totally like that era, like late 90s, you know, when I was going to a lot of shows. Yeah. Um, those were the spots. Yeah, he was talking about this this place in IV where like these these kids turned like basically like I think he was saying like their living room into a spot and like floor pickle patch. And, oh, is that it? That's a pickle yeah, patch. Yeah, he said yeah. like floor punch played there. Mike fight, <laughs> Steve Aoki. Dude, that's yeah. so cool, man. Yeah, that was that, um, was, a, that was a cool spot. Right on. Um, okay, you know, we saw kill your, kill your idols there and dude, that's so epic. En- Ensign, one of my favorites. Yeah, Indecision Records. Um, yeah, that's, that's so awesome. I could pick your brain about show memories all day long, but, (laughs) um, okay. So what were some of the first bands that you played in or if you played in, so you played in gather Yeah. any other bands before that or in high school, I was, I was in, there's always a high school band. Yeah. I was in a hardcore (laughs) band called Justin Bailey, which was like, um, you know, kind of started like really like AFI influenced. Yeah. Love AFI. Um, but then was like, w- went really like refused. Nice. Um, Snapcase sort yeah. of influenced. Um, I was into Nerve Agents at the time too. Um, Great so band. That was, that was another influence. <laughs> so it was like, kind of like that. Yeah. Um, kind of weird. Like wasn't like, <laughs> wasn't straight moshy, wasn't youth crew. Yeah. Um, but kind of like played with like the more experimental fringes of, yeah. of hardcore. Well, that's cool, man. You just talked about all those different band you know all the different music you're listening to so mm-hmm. kind of makes sense yeah you know? yeah and then um yeah it was like when i was in college when uh, uh when i played in gather yeah and um that was you know really just uh our drummer dustin um was a you know a new friend and he's like i play drums i play guitar we should start Perfect. a band there you go you know? you've got the two main parts <laughs> yep yeah so um and then we got his little sister eva to play yeah. and like basically the, the three of us we were also in power alone yeah so um uh you know we we kind of like cut our teeth doing doing gather and and had a lot of experiences that we never even dreamed that we would have yeah you guys played some good some some bigger shows and toured and stuff right it it opened up a a world of hardcore that you know for me to me at that time like i thought was untouchable yeah um and uh our our goal kind of at the at that time when we started the band in 2003 or whatever was maybe we'll get to play a show at Gilman. Right? Yeah. You know? Right. <laughs> and then, like, that happened. And, uh, and like, we we were into Earth Crisis. And, yeah, um, of course. Uh, we ended up recording our demo with Scott from Earth Crisis. That's so cool. Because um, he was living in Fresno at the time. And, uh, and so that was like, what? We got yeah. to meet Scott from Earth Crisis. And, <laughs> and like, record your demo. He with him, recorded yeah. our demo. And then... Um, you know, we just started, uh, you know, it was the era where you like, you burn CDs of your demo. Oh, yeah. So we were, I remember just sitting there at the computer, just burning demo after, after demo another. after <laughs> demo. And um, we got invited to um, play this tour that ended up being like kind of a disaster. Totally a disaster, actually. <laughs> um, and it was, it was called... It was called Total Liberation Tour, and it was like based off of this fest that we went out to see in 2003 or 2004 okay. um, in Erie, Pennsylvania. Okay. 
And um, and so we got invited to to play this fest, which was like it was going to start in New York and it was going to, you know, go across to Seattle and then I think it was New York to Seattle. I think it was just like across across okay. the country. And um, anyway, long story short, that tour like was a disaster. Um, <laughs> How the, long the, were you guys the, on the road The promoter for? ended up like leaving the tour <laughs> oh my in gosh. Chicago. Um, Did you have dates and place venues already booked? Like oh, everything was booked. Like okay. that that wasn't the part that was a disaster. Yeah. But um, just yeah, there was just a lot of disorganization. For sure. Yeah. Um, but like those of us who were on the tour, like really pulled it together and like made yeah. it work and it was it was actually ended up being like a really cool formative experience and then you know we ended up going to to europe and and doing that and we That's were awesome, we recorded our lp with uh vic takara who was in you know 108 inside yeah. out beyond like um which was just like huge for me i love 108 a big fan of 108 for sure. that was one of the first shows i saw at showcase one of the first hardcore shows oh when they came back 108 at uh-huh. showcase yep 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 so um Yes, yeah, so we got to form a relationship with him and played a lot of shows with 108 when they came so back. Cool, man. And, yeah. Um, yeah, that's exactly what you're saying. Like, you know, that's probably something that seemed untouchable when you first started jamming. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, and at the time, like when 108 came back, which is, I don't know, maybe what, 2006? Or... Yeah, it was like 05 or 06. Yeah, it might have been like 06. Um, I think they played like, I think they played like a night or two at Showcase with Internal Affairs. Oh, and I caught one of those shows, uh-huh. and it was it was so sick. Yeah, yeah. Their drummer at the time was actually living in Santa Barbara. Which oh, is, nice, kind of cool. I feel yeah. like people like are some somehow members of bands live here. Like people tell me that all the time. Yeah, they're like, oh, you know, so and so from whatever lived there, used to live there. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so I definitely want to get to some Power Alone stuff. Okay. So um, I think the last oh uh, first stage dive ever. Do you remember it? <laughs> Uh, gosh, <laughs> I don't, I don't really like, I, I'm, I was never a big stage diver. Yeah. Um, you know, the only stage dives that I can really remember, like have been like while I was playing, I was you know? just going to ask you that. Yeah. That's yeah. so sick. It was dude. like playing, playing with gather. Um, <laughs> yeah. and like probably in like in Europe, yeah, you know, I think maybe when we get to Europe, I remember like doing some stage dives there. It's awesome, dude. There was a time, gosh, there was a time. Okay, so I, uh, I filled in for a band called Risen. Um, at one point, uh, this was I don't know, maybe like two thousand six or seven, something like that. And like we played in, in, uh, in Japan. Nice. And <laughs> it was a big stage, and I was like, I'm gonna stage dive, <laughs> and. I almost didn't make it back up on the stage. <laughs> it was an embarrassing. Kind of embarrassing. Did you put the guitar down and, and jump, or you stayed? No, 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 no. With, with the guitar. Dang. With the guitar, yeah. Which is always <laughs> always the move. Yeah. yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. Um, that's so cool that you got to play all over the world and and everything. And I imagine Power Alone will probably, depending on you know, I don't know logistically how that would be, but you guys are you know very well, very well liked by a lot of people. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. hearing that. Um. Okay, so yeah, it's already. Let's see, we got about twelve minutes. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, I do. Let's talk about Power Alone. Sure. Obviously, um, everybody I know loves loves the record, loves the band, um, and I just you know wanted to ask you like, how did it how did it come about? How how did how did it start mm-hmm. first and foremost? Well, I, you know, 
from my perspective, like it really started with our drummer, Dustin, Mm -hmm. um, who, you know, in college, we were really close. We lived together for a few years. You know, we had all those crazy experiences and gathered together. Um, You know, and honestly, like in the past 10 years or so, like we were, we grew really far apart. Um, And so there were many years where I, we didn't really talk. Yeah. Um, And honestly, I didn't really talk to much of anybody in hardcore for a long time. And I was like, I was really, yeah, I was like, I was focused on, on starting my family and, and, uh, and my career. And, um, and I think I just, that time just needed a break for sure, man. Um, anyway, so yourself like established with the, you know, with your family and career and then, yeah. So hardcore will always be there. A couple years ago, he hit me up like kind of out of the blue and he's like, Hey, I'm going to be in Santa Barbara. Um, can I stop by and visit? Um, and so he did. And, um, you know, he pitched the idea like, Hey man, what if I came down here sometime and like, we just jammed and which sounded great to me because I had done it so long and it was like the right time. It was like, I was like, okay, I think I'm like, I'm ready to, things kind of settle down a little bit. Absolutely. yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so he came down for a weekend and I think, you know, in the span of like two days, we wrote like, you know, two or three more or less songs, or at least like a nice. skeleton of a song. And, uh, I think we found that the writing process is like actually like really organic and, you know, as, as I see it, like comes pretty easily yeah. for us. Um, you know, just, that's huge, man. Yeah. Just the <laughs> two of us have, have a chemistry. I think that, that tends to work. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and our points of references are like the same pretty much. For sure. And so like, you know, I can mouth apart and be like, oh yeah, that sounds like Kindred <laughs> or whatever, you know, yeah. some random, uh, band. And, um, yeah, so we spent the better part of a year, like writing the songs that, that went on the LP. Nice. So he would just come down and he would come down. I, yeah. I think maybe I, maybe I went up once or twice, but mostly we were down here. Nice. Um, and Eva, our singer, lives in Orange County. Okay. And so, um, so anyway, Dustin and I wrote some songs. He's like, "What if, what if I got my sister to come up and, and uh, you know, write some lyrics write some to the song? stuff?" Yeah. And she did, and it was great. And yeah. then, and then we brought on um, uh, our friend uh, Sean, who I I didn't know um, until we started playing together. Um, he's kind of a young guy from from the Bay. Mm-hmm. And, um, and our friend Hoven, who we had a lot of experiences with and gather just, um, you know, playing with his, his other bands and, um, and he was a, you know, kind of a fan of, of, of gather and just kind of a friend that we hung out with a lot. And, yeah. um, so we all came together and it worked really well. That's awesome. And, man. um, we recorded, uh, the LP, you know, in August of whatever it was before the pandemic. 2019. 2019. And then, um. Did, were you guys, was there a point where you guys were, or where you were all in one room together, jamming and playing and like, like getting the songs dialed in? I mean, coming from so many different places. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And that was, that was pretty much mostly in Santa Barbara. Like, okay, cool. Um, like, cool. You know, we, we'd plan a weekend where all of us to everyone get, just comes to get out. together. That's and, cool, man. Yeah. You know, everyone stays the night at my house and, uh, <laughs> you know, we, you know, borrow or rent a practice space and that's sick, man. And, and jam it out. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the recording was a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, uh, 
you know, it turns out Indecision wanted to put it out. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Dave Mandel is an awesome dude. And, uh, you know, in those early 2000 years, you know, when I was, you know, just finishing high school, like Indecision was like... <laughs> doing it one of those labels <laughs> yeah. doing it you know yeah. and so there are a lot a lot of those bands like you know really imprinted on me like i mentioned ensign yeah you know and like throwdown and yeah you know throwdown was it was a big deal it was man. a big deal <laughs> in 2001 it so. was dude 100 <laughs> percent. yeah yep. so um anyway so uh it was really cool to be like included in that roster for sure dude yeah um and i'm really excited about what indecision is doing now too you know mm -hmm. not even just what they did 20 years ago for but sure like, yeah um, yeah they did the narcor for life compilation that comp which was, was so, so cool, cool. Was yeah. such a great comp and got and, in control to come back and do a song yeah <laughs> um the abrasion record yeah is really yeah cool. that's a, and, yep um so yeah I'm, I'm excited to be to be included in that and what was a bummer you know we we put out that record um, and then we were supposed to do our, our record release shows and the pandemic started. I so. remember that. So you guys were going to play, was it, was it LA or Santa Cruz? I know you had one with like Scal, right? Or something. Yeah, I think so. Or maybe I, I don't, be wrong. I don't, I don't, I, don't I don't remember, but I remember that you guys were going to, you're going to play like three West coast shows or something. Yeah, I mean, right? It was like, maybe it was like San Diego, Orange County yeah. and Santa Cruz or something. I don't yeah. remember exactly, but, um, yeah, we ended up having to cancel those shows. Yeah. And I felt like, you know, had we been able to play those shows and, you know, um, and do other shows after that, like things would have been like really cool for us. I think yeah. there would have been a lot of opportunities, but like the record came out, uh, <laughs> pandemic happened and, uh, it took a lot of the wind out of the sails. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, really this, this past weekend that, um, I got together with Dustin again and, and we started, writing yeah, that's awesome. um, for whatever for whatever's going to come you know yeah. come next and um we're starting to think think forward to like okay so what what's the you know summer or fall going to look for look like yeah, for us for sure in terms of um you know getting together to, to practice or write uh, yeah and then also to play shows too so like sure. last night we we're all texting with each other about some potential shows you know for for the fall that's so cool man mm -hmm. yeah because the, the rather be alone came out was it like, wasn't like February 28th? It was, it was like February 28th <laughs> or, or something like that. Yeah. Uh -huh. I think it was like right there. Yeah. Right and at I, the end of February, yeah, maybe remember, 26th or something like that. Yeah. Because yeah. I think I played, I think I played some of the songs on the radio. You did, yeah. Right after it came out. Uh -huh. And then I remember, yeah. And then it was like, I think like March 7th was the first lockdown day. So it was like wind out of the sails is a great way to describe it. Yeah. Um, but I feel like the record is so good. I mean, you know, instrumentally, um, I, th I guess that's how I would say it, right? Like yeah. instrumentally, uh -huh, um, yeah. and, and, um, Eva's lyrics and just the, it's a very powerful record Thanks, and man. many people have told me that too, you know, um, it's very like, there's, there's a message and a point that's trying to be made mm -hmm. and it's also like fast and heavy. And then there's the, there's the really short song. I forget what it's called. That's like, like a pop punk song yeah no I, I guess it's like pop punk but it's kind of like bunched in at the end it's like yeah it's kind of like a sing-along like i forget what it's called but yeah it's got like r real heavy kid dynamite vibes dude it's i love that song <laughs> i remember like i don't know if i ever texted you but i think i was gonna text you like dude i can't wait like i hope you guys play this song live because like it's uh yeah that's a great song Thanks, um man. but the whole record i think um yeah 
it's just very, it's powerful. It's, and it's not just, you know, um, to me, at least I'm just, you know, my, my, my reaction to it is, um, you know, musically it's very, it hits really hard. It's, it's a hard record. It's heavy, it's fast. And then, you know, the vocals and the lyrics too, like all, it just combines into this very like perfect sounding thing. That's like, not just like, and your average sound I guess. thanks man yeah. yeah i think i think eva deserves a lot of credit for for sure yeah for that you know her her lyrics and and her delivery is just so awesome it's yeah it's super on point man yeah um so yeah so we're almost like out of time that went so fast <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I guess I just, I did write, like, just wanted to ask you what it was like to drop the album, like, a week before COVID. Oh, man. Um, I could say from, like, an outside perspective and all the people I know have continued to, like, I'm always seeing Power Alone somewhere on the internet or, like, somewhere on Instagram or, like, somewhere. I'm, like, mm -hmm. seeing something about it, you know? So I think it's carried itself through the year, you know? Oh, good. good. I'm, I'm <laughs> glad to hear that. And I'm, yeah. I'm really excited for whatever, whatever happens next. You know, if it's, you know, a seven inch or doing another LP or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think there's, there's going to be more. So. For sure. And you guys got to play a few shows, right? Yeah, we played, I think, four shows. Okay. So you total, guys are just, ever. just getting started, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 So I think we did. Uh, you played you, program, right? We played, we played program. We played um, uh, Che. Nice. Uh, we played great venue. Gilman twice. I think that's it. Those are all great venues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we, we did a weekend with um, with uh, you know with Headcount and uh, Sect. It was really oh nice. Sect yeah. took us out. Yep. Um, and then I think we did one other show, Gilman, with um, uh, Modern Life Is War and Defeater. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, all right. Well, thanks for joining the show, man. I I feel like. Honored to have you as my first in-person guest. This was, it was uh, cool to do it. Time. It yeah, was a lot of fun. For sure. Um, so, yeah, you can find Power Alone. Um, do, is there still vinyl left, like, on Indecision? Uh, to my knowledge, there may be some vinyl left okay. on Indecision. I think they pressed it on CD, too. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And if if first press is out, then I think second press if, should be coming. If first soon. press so, is out, then you did something right. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um Right on, yeah, and, uh, and and the record is also on Spotify, um, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, so just stay tuned for you know some new stuff coming from Power Alone, and and uh, thank you for everything you contribute to the world, and Thanks. and you know the people here in Santa Barbara and the kids, and you know I I got a lot of respect for you. Um, for that and thanks for joining the show yeah glad to do it we'll finish the interview with the dare song that, that didn't get to that didn't make it awesome i'm glad <laughs> we're gonna play it all right you've been listening to your life in america kzaa lp 96.5 fm broadcasting live out of the studio inside casa de la raza um uh, i'm out of town next week so there will be a, a show re-airing and then the following week i got sebastian from regulate uh joining the show so stay tuned for that uh, be sure to check out Power Alone. So this playlist is going to feature King is Dead by Colossus, Tiny Little Pieces by Be Well, Greed from Age of Apocalypse off the Pain of Truth, Age of Apocalypse Split, No Tolerance from Abrasion, Bootlicker from Spy, Marked for Life from Headcount, Exit from Division of Mind, Prototype from Reaching Out, Numb from Cell Rot, Opposition from Magnitude, don't Really Think 
from restraining order, covet not from end, and dare to be from dare. You're listening to Your Life in America on KZAALP 96.5 FM.
Yeah.